0: Everybody, welcome back to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am Jahanan, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire.
1: Casualty CDG, a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian.
2: And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the fun house, Drew Munhausen. And it's always tough doing my intro going after Gary because Gary is so big and boisterous. And it's just really hard to follow and be on that same level.
1: Look, I would go last except that you're more responsible and then you usually lead us into a topic. If I went last, I would just keep talking until someone told me to stop.
0: (laughs) We're allowed to tell you to stop. You,
1: you are not. (laughs) (laughs) Drew, Drew's here to tell us both to fucking stop. It's fair. That is
0: the reason Drew's here.
2: The title for this episode should be podcast. James podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See see what I did there? Because I just,
2: I I took out Bond and I put podcast there Mm, instead. Okay,
0: I didn't get it, but now, now I really get it this time. Yeah, I don't, I don't,
1: I don't know James' podcast. The
0: name's podcast, fresh out the podcast.
1: Oh, shit, are you talking about James The Rock
2: Johnson?
0: Oh, man. I forgot about James The Rock Johnson.
2: So, this uh, weekend, they're, uh... A highly highly anticipated movie, the the next installment in the James Bond franchise, was released. Um, it's Daniel Craig's swan song as as James Bond. It seems like he's done with the character after this. I see Gary shaking his head. I'm assuming that's because you're not a big Bond head. I just, I just don't care. I I don't I don't care. Well, a lot of other people. don't because so here's the thing i br- brought this up and we get a little game here james bond is the sixth highest grossing movie franchise of all time huh. so that that includes every james bond movie which that's 27 films right have made it the sixth highest grossing franchise
0: ever that's weird I wanted I to see if- i didn't even realize there were that many men over 50
2: so i wanted to see if y'all could guess um some of the other franchises that are that are above bond fast and the furious fast and the furious is actually number seven come on baby what
0: about what about oh it's on the list though harry potter oh that's a good one
2: the wizarding—it's—it's it's just it, this is going according to Wikipedia for for the record. Um, yes, the wizard wizarding world, which includes all the Harry Potter movies as well as the um, Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts, yeah, that's number three. Boom. Number I'm one. Winning. Number one's kind of a cheat code.
1: I mean, Avengers, right, all day.
2: So that's this is where the cheat code is. Number one is the MCU, right? Yeah. So that includes okay, all that of sense. it. But then that doesn't keep the individual franchises within the MCU from also being on this list. That's dumb. Yeah, according to Wikipedia. So MCU is number one, but yet Avengers, as you said, specifically Avengers, is number four.
0: Hmm.
2: Number two should be a a
0: given, though. Hmm. Number two is a given. It's not Fast and the Furious. Come on, guys! Lord, of, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. That's a good one.
2: That's nah, number ten. Middle Earth is number ten.
0: No.
1: Oh, but Avatar will take that as soon as the sequel comes out.
0: I don't think any of us will be alive to see that.
2: Avatar what? will will probably enter we into will? the uh, into the top twenty five when the second movie comes out for sure. Just based off the first one alone. No. But no, come on, guys,
1: come on. I know that everyone at home is screaming at the podcast right now all the different series that they they think it might be. So Hmm. I'm just, how about, everyone wants me to say X-Men. I don't believe it's X-Men, but they wanted me to say it.
0: Guys, look, I don't. Uh, that's not my choice. People are choice. screaming it at me. Everyone's screaming Between it. Between the MCU and Harry Y'all Potter. Y'all should
2: have gotten this answer a long time ago. <laughs> well, look, is everyone, everyone. In is a galaxy far, far
1: away. Like, the MCU.
0: Matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I know you're not wrong. Yeah, I MCU... know that
1: particularly Blake is at home, like. What the shit? How did you not
2: say Star Wars? <laughs> it's hard when you're on the spot. Blake uh. <laughs> MCU, Star Wars, the Wizarding World, Avengers, and actually Spider-Man is number five. So, But that includes, you know, the Toby movies, the the Garfield movies, and the Holland movies. Oh, God.
1: So go. Oh, God. When you say the Garfield movies, I did not think about the Andrew Garfield movies. <laughs> no, not, not a
2: Tale of Two Kitties or yes. whatever the first one is.
1: The Spider-Man <laughs> includes the Garfield movies. It's in the same canon universe.
2: <laughs> and then Bond is six. Fast and Furious is seven. X-Men is actually eight. I know you mentioned that. Batman God, is nine. People were yelling
1: at me to say it.
2: And, uh, and Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit movies are number 10. So oh, there yeah. you
1: go. You know, we did name almost everything else on that list.
2: Yeah, it, the li- I mean, of course, the list. this shows the top 25, but it includes everything that you would expect. You know, the... The DC Extended Universe, Jurassic Park, oh Transformers, and Pirates Peter of the Caribbean. And...
0: See how are people uh, gonna make fun of nerds and then watch all our damn movies? Like what the hell?
2: Despicable Me number fifteen Ooh. on this list, which is higher than Mission Impossible, Shrek, yeah. Twilight, Ice Age, Toy Story, The Hunger Games, Frozen, wow, The That's Lion surprising. King, Superman, wow, and man. Iron Man.
1: My, my question was going to be, is it higher than Toy Story? And yeah, you answered that. It is higher than Toy Story.
2: I'm surprised. Toy Story's number 20 on this list.
0: Damn. That's great. What's
2: interesting is it tells the amount of, of films in each franchise, and Frozen and The Lion King are both in the top 25, but yet only have two entries. So yeah, that's, that's
0: impressive. And Lion King 2 should not count. did that even have a theatrical release
2: i think it's actually referring to the lion King, Uh, the animated one and then the newer live action one i uh, think is
0: what it's referring to yeah that makes live
2: live action in quotes because it's really just animated too yeah
1: animated (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, well, then, well, Garrett, y'all obviously were making some jokes about Bond and how Bond maybe um, caters to the older watcher. Is that what you were saying earlier? Pushy galore.
1: I think Jahan pretty much knocked that out of the park. Uh, it, it's, I are, mean, it's, this is a movie me, meant
0: to be enjoyed in a recliner whilst wearing
1: Crocs and socks. Let me ask you a question, Drew. Let me answer your question with a question.
0: Is your dad going to go see this movie?
2: Oh, for sure,
0: <laughs> unquestionably. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, James Bond's a dad movie. I don't know; they're fine. I like uh, some of Daniel Craig's. I haven't seen all of them, really. Uh, I don't know. It feel like it just it's not the same as it was. Uh, I grew up with uh, Pierce Brosnan, and obviously the uh, the sixty four game. Um, so that was my James Bond experience, and those movies. We're fine.
1: When I was a kid, we used to... <laughs> we, for just a brief moment, we would do family movie night. Except then it just became... Uh, my dad didn't want to watch what the rest of the family was watching night. So uh, I used to rent James Bond movies as a kid. Mm. And I used to watch them. Uh, they were way over my head and you know way before my time. But there was always... I had some infatuation with James Bond. And I really liked... Goldeneye the video game, not Goldeneye the movie. And I think that Daniel Craig is a very cool, action-y, whoop-that-ass James Bond, and surprisingly is a believable ass-kicker. And I I know that there were once upon a time whispers of maybe Idris Elba being James Bond, and then that got uh, shit-canned, I think. But I would like to see... I'd like to see that. I'd watch an Idris Elba Bond film. But I, I'm I'm good with Daniel Craig. He can go on and get.
2: Yeah. Um. So you talked about GoldenEye the video game. I think that was actually my first exposure to Bond. I think I played that game before I had ever seen a single Bond movie. Um. But I did go see. I think all the other all the other Pierce Brosnan ones and all the Craig ones I've seen in theaters or you know whatever I've always gone to see you you joked but I think most of them I've probably seen with my father he he <laughs> is a big bond fan of course um uh <laughs> he he is a let's see his his favorite bond with, of course is Sean Connery that has to be his favorite I, I don't even know why he hesitated there yeah connery's got to be his favorite um I have I actually have the now on blu-ray i have the full james bond collection of all the movies and so one day i'm gonna have to go through and, and watch them all i've seen dr no you know some of the old ones but that's really it my my bond history is uh is lacking like pretty much all of them that have come out in my lifetime i've gone to see but i haven't really done the the homework to go back and watch all the old ones we have a friend connor who's extremely uh invested in Bond. He's a huge Bond fan, and I know he's probably screaming at us about this too, and also that we didn't ask him to be a guest on a Bond discussion, but eh, that's his issue.
1: I went back and watched the Bond that had, was it George Lazenby? Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went back and watched that one, which I think is universally hailed as being one of the worst. I think
2: he only did one.
1: Yes. And I think, isn't it the worst? Don't people hate it?
2: I, I don't, I'm not really sure of how it's, it's what its reputation is, I think it's one of the more forgotten
1: ones. I believe is his name. So if, and I might be getting this story wrong, I might be dumb, so don't like go and tell people that I'm right because you heard it on my (laughs) podcast. Go look it up. But I think it's George Blazenby, and I believe that he was Australian and he was the first non-English, well, I mean, there was Sean Connery, but he was the first non-UK guy to take the role.
0: Yeah, watch out for that
1: hate mail, buddy. (laughs) He was terrible, and everyone hated him, and he thought he was hot shit and thought he could springboard off of Bond and become the best guy in the world, but he sucks, and he was arrogant and terrible, and they never made another Bond movie, and his career went to shit. I think that's what happened.
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, Dale Craig said something not so great recently. Uh, He was saying that there could never be a female Bond, Uh, and... I, I don't understand that I guess um you're that's saying because, but you that's can't write. girls aren't named James <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know man I don't know uh but to say that i think a lot of that
2: i mean this is an assumption i I don't know I would think a lot of that probably stems from the like the bond estate, you know, it's based off of books um, or series of stories, and and I think that they're very particular about how yeah. bond is used and portrayed. The gotcha. the broccoli family, I believe, is their is their name. So. Interesting. <laughs> Great friends of the cheese and
0: rice family. <laughs> no. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I don't know, he said something not so great. Maybe it was a reference to what you're talking about. It's possible that he meant legally it can't be or something. Uh, I don't know. I just heard that he said that and was disappointed. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, why can't a girl be a spy? I don't know. They make good spies, historically. <laughs> like, there's precedent. I don't know. But, uh, I I forget. What was the one before this, Drew? Uh, Spectre. I don't think I saw that. Is that, that what one. you're talking about? The movie, the
2: most recent Bond movie before No Time to Die? I don't think I saw that one. I think I saw the one before that.
0: was yeah, the so one there's... where they go to the house with the exploding That's Skyfall. That was the last one I saw. And fucking Adele was getting it. I hear that Billie Eilish is going to be getting it this time, though.
2: Yes. Yes, yes that song is out and and i think i'm i noted before that it's been delayed several times this move no time to die i think was originally supposed to come out in april of 2020 and it was one of the first movies to get pushed because of the pandemic and it ended up getting pushed like two or th- a few times i think it got pushed from april back to the fall and then from the fall back to the spring and the spring to the summer and then the summer back to the to the fall winter yeah it got so, the covid and, oh.
0: shuffle treatment yeah
2: here we are it's it's been released internationally um and, and this weekend it was released domestically so it's it's out it's it's official this this has happened it's, it's people I, are seeing
0: this movie um i hope billy eilish just remixed bad guy and replaced the words with james bond <laughs> Cause he's James Bond. Oh, that's all I can do. Three seconds.
2: (laughs) I was just curious to see where y'all were at on on Bond. If, if, you know, you secretly were like a diehard Bond fan or, or, or not. I I will say for me also the, the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies were uh, like, I'd go see them in theaters, but like I'd see it. And then it would just, evaporate from my brain you know i don't really remember much of those but the daniel craig bond movies did have a a a tone of being more serious and just i don't know i took them more seriously i guess and especially with the last few i feel like a a new bond movie coming out is much more of an event than um than maybe it was back in different bond the movies have come a long
0: way and he is a good bond uh, and the sequences are badass. Everything's epic. They have cool bad guys. Uh, it's good stuff. It is. Uh, but quoting uh, a man from last week, it it seems like junk food uh, for your brain. So, I mean, it's it's good. And I honestly, I might go watch Spectre, and I might watch this. They are they do seem fun. Uh, and you know, Casino Royale. I I didn't even know you could torture testicles like that. Like, now I know, you know what I mean? I learned a whole new genital torture method. Uh, so that's exciting, I guess. Uh, but. I think while we're
1: talking about Bond, it's also <laughs> good for us to talk about Triple X, which <laughs> is
2: kind of like the American
1: uh, version of James Bond, if you're not familiar. The first one, of
2: course, starring. Not re- that's where you were going. That's a, yeah. What a no,
1: The first one, of course, starring the great American Vin Diesel. The second as Xander Cage. Right. The second is the is the banger follow up with Ice Cube, and uh, of course, the third one uh, has both Ice Cube and and Vin Diesel. What? So you're really yeah, it's really action packed. You're Really getting your money's worth out of that. Made one after years. State of the Union, I did not even know. Also, honorable mention to Mission Impossible, which is also American James Bond. Uh, and I'm the
0: crazy. next one would be the first movie, Shot in Space. Boy. Well, what else? What are there other. That's legit. I'm not kidding. Are there is, other the
2: triple X, is the Triple X Hive clamoring for a new entry in the Triple
0: X franchise?
1: Yeah, I actually heard Pierce Brosnan was thinking about playing Xander Cage.
0: Oh, boy. God, if he shaved his head head and got all buff that would be hilarious because he's super old now
1: be better were, if he shaved his head and didn't get all buff
2: were you asking earlier john for other bond similar franchises or movies is that what you're saying no. yeah and then i thought that was, that was
1: me and then i thought of maybe wow. the born the born series
2: yeah born for sure has some bond bond isms um i would say also um tenet uh, Christopher Nolan's most recent movie that has kind of the weird time manipulation, but it has some very Bond esque uh, characters. It does some cool you know, stuff,
0: that. and it's vis visually amazing. Uh, I just wanted to uh,
1: to honorably shout out all the movies that are most certainly Bond ripoffs that failed and and won't ever be Bond. Uh, Mission Impossible didn't necessarily
0: fail. Pretty cool. Yeah, baby.
2: Ooh, Austin Powers. Mission Impossible is based off of a TV series that I don't remember when that first aired. I'm not sure if it was oh, pre-Bond yeah. or not.
1: Yeah, and the first Mission Impossible was not dope, and then the rest of them were all dope. Speaking No, of Mission the Impossible, first one
2: rules. The first one rules it's Brad De Palma, and it's good, and then the second one is not good. And don't then the you other dare. Ones
1: all- don't you dare talk shit about the one where Metallica made the music. And there's a motorcycle chase scene and a dove release and dual pistols. Don't you dare talk shit about Jean
2: that Woo.
0: Shit. Yes, sir. Don't talk shit about Mission Impossible Speaking, too. It's speaking of Mission Impossible, this isn't even my real face. <laughs> oh, man.
1: He's been bamboozling us for 14 weeks. <laughs> if you guys at home can't see, he just ripped off his face. And he's actually, he's been an Asian woman with one of those throat things on the whole time.
0: Wow. Yes, I am a woman. This wow. is why
1: you have to tune in to maybe... All
0: along. Maybe this is where we it.
2: go off the rails once again, guys. <laughs> how do how do we manage to do this every time?
1: Uh, it's really impressive.
2: Mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> Can,
1: I guess that brings our... Does that bring our Bond talk to a close, Drew? Or do you want to talk about throwing hats and stuff?
2: Well, actually, no, yeah. So it, it does, for the most part... Or again, similar to last week with our Venom episode, it kind of leads directly into the into our fresh out the podcast takes because i watched um a a like a short i guess you'd call it a documentary in a way um it's called being james bond it's on apple tv you can you can rent this i I don't know if apple tv is the only place you can rent it but you can rent it for free it's not it's not like part of apple tv plus it's just on there to rent but it's free. Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it makes sense. It's like, uh, I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it's like when you go to the Xbox Game Store and like Fortnite's free. It's not part of Game Pass. It's not part of the subscription service. It's just there and also free. Like, I get what you're saying. I just don't know why I think it's so funny in that format.
2: So so it's called... So this is called being James Bond. It's only about 45 minutes long, but it's just a, it's, it shows behind the scenes footage of Daniel Craig filming the Bond movies over time. And it starts, you know, with the reactions to him being cast and him looking back on that and the, you know, kind of what the tabloids were saying then, and then to how the movies were received and just his experience working on them. So it's, it's literally just Daniel Craig, uh, Michael Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, who are producers, they are—they're just speaking about their experience and and just kind of looking back on all the movies. It, it's—I kind of wanted to watch this leading up to the new film coming out because I, I wanted to rewatch the Daniel Craig ones before the new one, and again, just haven't had the time. And so, uh, but I did watch this, and it's a nice little forty-five minute refresher just on. You know, a little bit of, of Daniel Craig's history as Bond and seeing snippets from each movie. And so in that in that from that standpoint, it was worth watching. But you never even see the talking heads of Daniel Craig or these producers speaking. It's it's literally just voiceover and showing never before seen um, you know, behind the scenes footage. But it is on Apple TV to rent for free. <laughs> so that's how I watched it.
0: It's even stupid the second time. <laughs> I wish it was 30 seconds and they ask him what it's like being James Bond he's like, it's alright, that and just, that's it and he's, then the credits roll that's it. Mm-hmm. he's like, "It's not bad hit him with that
2: that he, British he really reserve director.
1: best boy, there's just all these fucking credits for that for the 10 seconds
2: well speaking of Apple TV I just feel like they, you know <sighs> We talked about this in the streaming wars. I think that they're going to have good, better content coming out and eventually there'll be a force more of a force, but they, I I think their streaming numbers are far lacking behind the other services. That being said, I'm just going to dedicate myself to being like the number one Apple TV plus fan and just watch all of their shows and stand all of them and be the only person that talks about them. Uh, Everybody talks Ted Lasso, of course, but like, what about everything else? So, um, Speaking of, my next thing is there's a new mm. sci-fi <laughs> show. Yep. On... I wanted to
1: talk about that, too, while you're on Apple Plus and being a stan. Uh, I went and watched that LuLaRoe thing that you had watched.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it sucked bad. And then <laughs> and then also... Wait, are you saying
2: the documentary itself sucked or just the content, what it was about sucked?
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. The documentary was actually shot pretty well. Those people just sucked.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: and it was, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep watching that series. Those people suck so fucking bad and they don't know how fucking bad they suck. Uh, yes. they think that they, they are. No, they don't. They no. think they're awesome. <laughs> and the people around them think that they're awesome too,
0: and they all fucking suck. Um, like and that, I also. Uh, like that is. kid that jacked up the yes. price for insulin. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Uh, I wanted to say you can't talk about Apple TV without mentioning Ted Lasso, and and right before I was able to say it, you mentioned Ted Lasso. Uh, we haven't we haven't caught anybody up on Ted Lasso in a while. Do you want to get to that, or is there a time for it here and now?
2: So we can. the The problem is is that at the time that we're recording this episode, there this the season finale has has not come out yet at the time that this episode of the podcast drops, the finale will be out. So that's kind of interesting. So we will be late talking about the finale regardless, but we can talk about what we've seen pre finale. Yeah. So that's actually kind
1: of, I kind of like that because it means that we won't be talking about spoilers on the finale and we won't be talking about spoilers right now. People should have, should have listened to this leading up to the finale. And we may, we we may be like an episode behind or so, but we can, we can, we could talk about some developments, some things happened in that show, Drew.
2: Yes, um, I think the last time that we talked about last though at length was the after the beard episode had just aired, and we kind of gave our thoughts on that episode in particular. And now, since that one, there have been two just. Banger episodes like a lot going on oh in the most i did not like
1: uh, i did not like the one that was right after the beard episode that's the one where rebecca's father passed away yes yeah that one had way too much rick roll and it took me way out of the fucking show seriously three times is way too fucking much
0: <laughs> it's like actual rick rolls
1: Yes, Jahan. They played the fucking Never Gonna Give You Up three separate times. And there was like a there was a funeral scene where like she was crying and she didn't know what to say about her dad, so she started singing it and then everyone in the church started singing it and I was just like, what kind of manufactured dumbass stupid white people shit is this? This is dumb as fuck. And it was just that episode was fucking there was a lot of good stuff happened in that episode. It was just particularly that that left such a bad taste in my mouth, and the week before was the beard episode that a lot of people were split on whether or not they liked it, uh, and I liked the beard episode. And then this one came out, and I was like, "Bro, this episode sucked," and everyone liked it except for me. So, shows what I know.
2: They are they are self aware about the Rick rolls stuff. I thought you know they referenced the, its internet popularity. It's not like they're don't deaf about it or, you know, that they don't realize it's a huge internet meme. They, they acknowledge it. So I don't know. It didn't bother me.
1: And then the, the episode after that, um, why don't, you catch me up on, well, at during that episode, I guess it's of note to say that Jamie told Keely that he still loved her. And it was not just like a, in passing, it was like straight up eye to eye, emotional tight, kind of, kind of, you know, took you out of the moment for a second with his honesty and then uh, right after that really moving moment she turns around and is faced by Roy Kent uh, her her boyfriend at the time and then he professes his love for her and apologizes for kind of acting like a shit that day and not taking death seriously and making jokes to avoid emotions so she's kind of stuck in between two guys who both have really strong feelings for her.
2: Yeah, um, I here's here's the thing. I just think I'm trying to think how to address this because I don't I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of like all the different plot points because I could go on about it for a really long time. But the thing with Ted Lasso, that the show in general does is, I feel like we have been like as a culture from from years of watching network dramas and and prime time you know that just really you kind of know what to expect from those shows like they're always going to take the most dramatic path and extreme and to re- to get the most drama out of it Ted Lasso has a way of taking these storylines and really uh, just putting them on a more realistic path so this so this is interesting right this the little love triangle you We're talking about with Keeley and Roy and Jamie, where like the way in the most recent episode that they've kind of confessed these things that have been going on recently, it's. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, because I think as an audience, you don't want Roy to be sad, right? Like, that's the number one thing is nobody wants Roy to get hurt. I want want Roy to
1: get hurt. No, Jahan, you're actually Roy's going to be your spirit animal. I hate Roy. No, you don't. <laughs> he might be your favorite character when you start watching the show, and i by shit you not. Uh, and Keeley, to the same point, Drew, and no one wants to see Keeley get hurt. She's one of the most likable characters on the show. Um, she's 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 super likable. She's literally everybody's friend in that in that whole in the, in the locker room in the business room. Everybody loves Keeley.
2: Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they handle this with their relationship in the finale, which, again, at the time this episode comes out, people have seen the finale. But at the time we're talking about this, we have not seen it yet.
1: No, so but we uh, we have seen leading up to the finale a very tense moment between the two where they let out a lot of honesty back and forth to each other during a very awkward photo shoot at home. Uh, the newspaper shows or the, the magazine shows up Business Insider to, to photograph them and they have a moment where they just let each other know everything that's been going on and uh, it, it leaves us questioning the future of that relationship. And, and and I forgot to mention earlier about everybody who, you know, everybody who loves Keely, the business side, the locker room side, even Nate loves Keely. And so it, and no one wants to see Keely get hurt, especially Nate now
2: yeah we're we're right now there's three major relationships that i think that are question marks going into the finale because you obviously have roy and and keely and then you have ted and the therapist but then that looks like it's kind of come to a conclusion <laughs> uh, that letter
1: he left her was so
2: fucking good it, <laughs> I I just really like, you know, when he was first reading her letter and it doesn't tell you everything that's in the letter, but just the things that you can infer based on their, their camaraderie and their friendship. You know, like at first he's reading the letter and getting emotional. And I'm thinking, this is what I was saying earlier, how your brain, our brains are, you know, programmed for network TV. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's crying because she has like an illness or she's confessing Me her Me too. I was like oh, she must have cancer.
1: I thought the same thing.
2: Yeah, like and then it's it's none of that. It's it's way more grounded than that. And and that's one of the things I appreciate about the show is like that relationship, you know, was handled so well. And you kind of think she's going to be an antagonistic figure in the first couple episodes of the season and by the end you're just so pumped for their relationship or at least i was and the friendship they formed and how she they helped each other and i thought that was done really well and then the other relationship that's a kind of a question mark is is rebecca and sam which now is become kind of an ongoing thing um so i guess we'll
1: see i think that covers a whole lot of the plot points going into the, the the finale except for the the one more the one final relationship i would say we've yet to see is how It is Nate. What's going to happen with Nate? And I think this is going to be a Ted and Nate relationship that we haven't quite seen yet. And and I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a Beard-Nate relationship because every time Nate seems to do something questionable or fucked up, Beard seems to have witnessed it and said nothing and just watched Nate dig himself a grave. So I wouldn't be surprised if it were Beard that we saw addressed his behavior. Uh, and and that would give Beard, I think, uh, another good moment of spotlight uh, for that character that's not totally out of character for him to do.
2: We've literally watched Nate go from being the lowest on the totem pole in this series to now being in a position of um, some kind of authority as a coach on this team. And now we see him just hungering for recognition and everything. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the relationships are affected, but also it just there. I always liked Nate a lot in the first season and rooting for him. And now you're watching him and you're kind of waiting for his downfall so that he can be humbled. And it's like
1: his character development has been great. That actor has really gone from kind of bumbling, uh, dunce to a real swaggy dickhead, uh, who's, who's too big for his own, own britches. And it's, it's, yeah, great performance from Nate. And you're right. I want to see him humbled. And I'm, I am not above, I like Nate, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first character they wrote off the series because of his behavior. He's crossed a lot of lines at this point.
2: Yeah, like, does, will he get recruited by another team and maybe get, like, a, even a higher coaching position or something? Or will he, you know, uh, I don't know. I could see um, him getting fired the I still... in the
1: finale and being brought back in season three.
2: But well, I still like Nate, though. Like it's one of those things. I want him to be humbled, but I and then learn from it and be the likable character that you that you were.
1: He's already That's... had ample opportunities to learn from his mistakes, and he's been challenged on them already. And decided to keep making mistakes when nobody's looking, and he thinks he can get away with it. Uh, I think his comeuppance is coming.
2: Yeah, I'll be interested to see. And the nice thing is that by the time. The next time we record, we'll be a week out from the finale, so we'll be able to talk spoilers, I think. Johan, what do you Pretty think friendly. about
1: this season of Ted Lasso? It's good.
0: Yeah, man. I probably, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> My dad started watching, actually. Um, oh, in And his first day watching, he, like, binge-watched six episodes. Like, he was up to, like, 3 a.m. Uh, They're very
2: digestible.
0: Cause we're, I was playing board games with Jenny, and he was just cracking these episodes out. It was really funny. Good show. My dad. Yeah. There's, so,
2: there's something about it that obviously like I think Gary and I are self-aware enough to know, you know, there's other shows that we talk about on this podcast that maybe y'all have seen and I haven't. And we just kind of talk about it in general and go on. But Gary and I, I think have a passion for this show. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, John, cause I know you haven't seen it. I'm you sure I'll talk like about it. it in detail. I'm but... not worried
0: about it. Uh, I kind of zone out we like it much. <laughs> so I, yeah. I I tune it out so I don't hear spoilers. Uh, yeah, I'm too busy to watch Ted Lasso because I have to rewatch Doctor Who. So, <laughs> well, so Jahan,
2: I have a show that I think you in particular would like. Um, it's on the Apple TV uh, Plus train here. You know, as I continue to root for them, they have a new sci-fi series that that has started and it's it's new episodes are coming out weekly right now at the time of this recording i think the first three episodes are available i've only watched the first one but it is called foundation and this is based off of a a sci-fi series of book called i guess the foundation series and this is getting into like your deep kind of sci-fi lore if that's the kind of stuff that you're into and space and different worlds that are pretty well established um, this show must have a huge budget because the CG, everything in it looks great. It and looks you're like, good. This, is just a, this is just a TV show. I mean, it looks incredible. However, I did, I, I had to, the first episode is over an hour long. It's a really, it's a pretty long episode setting up a lot. The first 20 minutes, there were a few times I had to go back and say, like, what did they say? Or who is this person? <laughs> and kind of, and once I got it and got with it, um I was I was on board. The the general premise is um gosh, it's it's hard to even get to. But basically there's a a, a mathematician. <laughs> Math is at the center of the storyline, yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> basically in this space area you know, in this world, this there's a mathematician who the the theories and the formulas he's come up with basically can predict the future that's nice. that's where we're at he can use math to predict how society is going to act or how people will behave and based on his math he has predicted that there society their their empire will fall in the next 500 years or so and like the whole universe will potentially be destroyed because the people are just going to destroy themselves in the next 500 years and of course the the empire doesn't want to hear that and doesn't want to instill fear and so no. it's kind of a, a a matter of how how that affects everything but that's kind of the general like that sounds the, dope the inciting incident at least that's that's happened in this first episode um so i'm interested to see where where it's going to go um jared harris is is kind of is plays the mathematician and he i don't know if y'all ever watched the chernobyl series on on hbo yeah but he's in that he's in a bunch of stuff but that's just one of the more notable things i've seen him in recently um lee pace plays plays um I guess, essentially the, the emperor. I don't even know if I'm using the right terminology for it. So, you know, people yeah, that have read the books and are fans don't don't at me on Twitter. But um, Lee Pace, who, you know, he's been in uh, the Hobbit movies and he Ooh. was Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. OK, yeah. So he he's in this as as the emperor. And like, for example, they've been using the same emperor for hundreds of years now because they just keep cloning him. So he's. The emperor but there's an old version of him that's also there and then a child version of him that's there because they keep cloning it it's crazy <laughs> stuff. Really i cool. dig i dig that kind of stuff i like it. um and so far just seeing the show and the, obviously the money that apple pumped into it and uh it's very intriguing so Johanna, i just know you i feel like you in particular oh, might yeah. be more into oh, this my yeah. right lord like than gary is gary maybe i'm reading that wrong but i really enjoyed the first episode so hopefully next time i'll have watched a little bit more and can talk about it i've seen
0: it too but next time
1: it sounds like a head scratcher to me and it sounds like it might be a boring head scratcher but uh, i'll wait to see what you guys say as it gets further in i don't i don't think you're gonna watch them do the math gary no, I just think it's going to be a lot of talking about Maybe. Uh, uh, about interstellar physics and equations, and then uh, and and just a a long slow burn. I mean,
0: technically, uh, what is it? Captain America, Winter Soldier was about math.
2: <laughs> Let Cause, me, because uh, he
0: also did a math equation that was going to predict. Um, well, Goodwill who Hunting to kill.
1: about math also. And in Goodwill Hunting was pretty fucking good.
2: There you go. I just looked at the premise for the show Foundation on (laughs) Wikipedia just to see, see, like, how do they describe it? And it's just the most generic thing ever because it's there's so much to go into. You can't make people in a place do a
0: thing with math.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Foundation chronicles the thousand year saga of the Foundation, a band of exiles who discover that the only way to save the Galactic Empire from destruction is to defy it that's it that's that's what it says he
1: is, what if they said fuck. instead at the at the end what if they said is to divide it
2: okay oh, I'm, I'm all for math puns all day
0: uh after this we can watch the sum of all fears <laughs> uh fuck math good times good times so
2: anyway that's foundation so far i'm i'm digging it i would say um uh, You know, it's hard to give it the official fresh out the podcast seal, considering this is a series that's in progress and whatever. But actually comparisons, y'all were saying, remember when we first started watching Game of Thrones forever ago and there were so (laughs) many characters and you didn't know who was who and you're confused on names. This show kind of starts off like that, where you're like, I I feel like if I put in the work, it's going to be worth it later on. But man, when you're watching that first episode, you're kind of scratching your head there for at, at times. So maybe that's. That's the comparison I'd use. I'm not saying this show's the next Game of Thrones by any means, but... And then by the just... end
0: of it, you've only seen a White Walker, like, twice. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, motherfucker! Uh, yeah. No, this movie, this show looks great, actually. You are right. This is exactly my taste. So, like, I am going to watch this. Like I said, I am currently rewatching Doctor Who, because I miss Doctor Who. And the new season doesn't come out till later this year. So,
1: You heard it here first, folks. Drew says that Foundation is the new Game of Thrones.
2: <laughs> I l- literally said the exact opposite. Hashtag so,
1: Foundation is Game of Thrones. Hashtag looking forward to get your Foundation pops. Look forward to all the Foundation Telltale games coming out near. Uh, oh man. Near yes, sir. In a Telltale game, you
0: could probably choose to do the math wrong.
1: Oh, man, then you see (laughs) the wrong future.
0: (laughs) No, this sounds dope, man. Like, for real, I I can't wait to watch it. Like, I want to go watch it right now. I'm excited. I hope you do.
2: Let us us know. Um, Moving on from that, I know I talked a couple weeks ago about I was kind of in a John Carpenter wormhole, and I've watched a couple more. I've now seen Christine, which is the adaptation of the... The Stephen King book that's about, basically about a possessed car. Uh, um, I like this movie; it rules. Uh, <laughs> it
1: does not.
2: This does. <laughs> no, it does
1: not rule. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you seen it? Yes. That
1: movie is very dumb. It's a possessed car, Drew. You can't yeah. get away from a possessed car,
2: Drew. No, Drew it heals itself. It's kind yeah, of this car has a Wolverine healing factor.
0: Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, but it's... like stairs though. <laughs> <laughs> like an elevator. Or like a
1: slightly too small tunnel. <laughs> like you just run up like a playground, and you're like nanna na boo boo. Or like a <laughs> bigger
0: car. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs>
2: Have, y'all, have you ever seen Starman? Because that's the next Carpenter movie I will watch. No, it isn't. Explain yeah, that's, it
1: to me. That's, uh, that's that guy in the Mario games that jumps around and you have to try to catch him and he gives um, you superpowers. Man, why right? do
2: I even talk about things on here? Why? Why do I ask you guys questions? You're
0: a glutton for punishment.
2: Starman is an uh, 80s film directed by John Carpenter starring Jeff Bridges. And the premise is, Jeff Bridges is an alien that's come to Earth and has taken the appearance of a woman's dead husband. So this woman's grieving her dead husband. This alien comes to Earth and takes his form. And she has to get him from point A to point B so that he's not stuck on their planet. That's, That's the premise of Starman. It is... Weird eighties sci-fi love story. So just yeah.
0: There's a uh, just making
2: perfect face to that
0: Yeah, that's real good. The uh the porn parody version of that's just called Ass Man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was called Starfish Man. Oh go.
2: Oh And my. then the only other thing that I've watched is uh just with Spider Man uh gosh, No Way Home? That's the new one, right? Yeah, No Way Home. Yeah. Homecoming Far From Home No Way Home Spider-Man No Way Home comes out in December. So I've been itching for some Spider-Man and so I went back and watched Spider-Man from 2002 with Toby the first Toby Maguire Spider-Man movie.
0: Why? I wanted to. It rules. It's still good. Spider-Man's and... my shit, bro. I get it. Yeah.
1: I um uh, the 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 new Spider-Man movies are so good.
0: Yes.
2: They are. They are. I'm not discounting those at all, but I wanted to get back to the roots, especially to see how much of this is going to end up becoming relevant be... in No Way Home, because I believe Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, is in
0: the new <laughs> movie. So... Hey, man. Uh, no the, him in that trailer. The villains in the first two movies were fire. Uh, but I still stand by those movies would be better if he had a web sphincter on his wrists. I that That is... One of my top complaints. There is no butt on his wrist for the webs to come out of. It just shoots at his skin like sticky sweat. This is why we just don't
2: don't get Jahan's takes. Well, things.
0: in in Jahan's defense,
1: I think Spider-Man would blast Webb out of his ass, so his costume would have a different design, and he would sweat. Like the guy in uh,
0: Venture Brothers. There was Correct. a Spider-Man in Venture Brothers that did that.
1: Yes, he would. He would swing around Manhattan bite, in an interesting, bite. offensive way.
2: I legitimately cannot even bring up Spider-Man with y'all without y'all bringing butts into the <laughs> conversation.
1: Look, I would watch Tom Holland blast
2: butt. <laughs> oh boy! Oh no. That's all that I've been watching recently. So is there anything else that you guys have been watching?
0: Hey Tom Holland. Hit us up on Twitter. Hey, Drew, I've been watching uh oh. What We Do
1: in the Shadows, which I recommend for it's October, right? It's Halloween season. Um I'm not a big horror guy, but I like to feel the vibes of the season. And and this is now we're into the third season, of course, it was there was a movie and then the show I think it was the, the first season was good the second season was even better and the third season is hasn't quite jumped the shark but they're getting close um go ahead and catch the third season now because i bet the fourth season will be the one where they jump the shark so enjoy it while you that can not possible yeah we'll see about that jahan
2: Another... i've actually never seen the movie so i, I actually think the movie don't... was great I actually turned on the
1: movie, and I got about 20 minutes in and was like, I don't think this is for me. And then about a year later, I watched the first episode of the show, and I was dying laughing. I was like, okay. And then I watched the whole first season, then went back and watched the movie, and then kept up with the show. Um, it's, It's a very good, funny show. It seems like a lot of what they do is stupid vampire improv. And... The only straight man on their crew is uh, a human who is their familiar, so he has to do what they say in hopes that one day he'll become a vampire. And he is very, very funny. Uh, there's a camera crew following them around, so they constantly break the fourth wall and talk to the cameras. But the So it's vamp- like
2: the office style yes. kind of mockumentary? Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Have That's you cool. not seen it, Drew? Is the movie like that too?
0: Yes. Yes true you need to you need to watch this show so i i I, i'm surprised by how often i've been able to talk about this in particular on the podcast but yet again a persian lead uh in something like i'm just i I, it's been happening more and more and i'm just so happy it's just so nice for us to not be the bad guys and stuff you know like uh and nandor (laughs) he actually has a horse Uh, named Jahan. And there's a whole bit where people can't say his horse's name right, and I feel like they made that joke for me. And it was so awesome. Uh, And it's just Uh, such a great show.
1: One of the great things about the show, too, is Nandor has been a a vampire for (laughs) maybe a thousand years and doesn't know anything about modern technology and forgot his ancient language and... The other two have been vampires since like maybe the early Victorian era. So they are also totally out of touch and out of date. They're very dumb. And then their other roommate is Colin Robinson. And Colin Robinson is an energy vampire. (laughs) (laughs) And he he works a nine to five and he can go out in the daylight. And so he's just a fucking boring ass white dude.
0: the other day... is so fucking funny. <laughs> He's so funny. The other day we were talking about City of Miss and who we were making in City and Miss. It was him. It was Colin Robinson, we, you're right. I forgot about that. It was him. We forgot. But yeah, Colin Robinson, oh my God.
1: He uh just, in the most recent episode I watched, he, he did a that's what she said joke, but he delivered it wrong and then was telling them that he just found out about that new line of jokes and was going to start trying it on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so good.
1: Charlene Robinson, that's Back form! Yeah, nah. Uh, then one more show, still on Hulu, because you know I'm the Hulu boy. You're the Apple TV boy. I'd be watching that Hulu business. Wu-Tang, American Saga, actually had the best episode so far of the entire series. It was directed by Mario Van Peebles, and I don't know, I don't think he usually directs. I think it was a guest directing spot. And it was season two, episode five, and the episode is called Visions. And in this episode, it takes to, uh, they're they are, they're trying to get their single out in time. And they basically have to have it out in two days. And RZA says everything they have isn't good enough for this for the single. They need to get everyone in the studio and record something. And they've got two days to do it. So he's writing new beats. He's working on new music. And it goes into his head and shows how he's controlling the music where he like takes the guitar players out and they disappear in the time space void in front of him. And then he adds another drum track by putting another record on. So then a second drummer appears and both drummers are drumming at the same time, talking to each other. And he gets up and starts talking to them, then goes back and is changing the levels and the drummers are doing basically what he's doing on the board. And so it's a really cool artful episode. And and it's so good that I would say, if you want to watch this show, Do not watch this episode first, because it's an unrealistic expectation for what the rest of the show is. This is a very good gem of an episode in the middle of a show that I like, but this episode is above and beyond what the rest of the content of this show. They really outdid themselves with this one. Uh, Every single week, these episodes come out at 11 p.m. on Tuesday, and I promise you by midnight or 12.15, I'm watching it, I, I don't wait until the next day. I, I don't miss it. I'm watching Wu Tang the night it comes out. Every single week. Love this show. I, I can't say enough, good for it. I, I recommend it greatly. Uh, Jahan, I'm gonna pass it to you in a second for games, but I have a game, so I'll if you don't mind I'll do mine and then give it to you to, to finish up with games.
0: Yeah, bro. Have a you game seen... two?
1: Oh, you've got a game too, Drew? Yeah, for once. Oh, shit. Oh, you do. I see that. I didn't even see it on your list. Um, so, I, I I watched the trailer for this and literally laughed out loud by myself. Um, Call of Duty Vanguard is coming out. Do you guys even know what that is?
2: I saw that it was announced, and I was unsure. The title is so generic sounding. Mm-hmm. I mean like Call of Duty titles are Call of Duty titles. We know what to expect, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part. But I honestly was unsure when this was announced if this was a, a new standalone entry, like a you know, like a retail version, or if this was a new what was the the Call war of Duty zone. Warzone that was free yeah, to play? Exactly. I wasn't is sure it if a this new was Warzone mode? Yeah, is this like a new war zone or is this the next the next Call of Duty entry? So I
1: think That this is the next Call of Duty entry, okay? It it, when I watched this trailer, it is just so fucking uninspiring. Just like the title, like you said, like you know, Vanguard is just so generic. I this just did nothing for me. It is just the most boring looking vanilla bullshit shooter that it was it was so fucking uninspiring it made me laugh like don't make a game if this is going to be your game just fucking don't even bother i mean that just feels like call of duty to me <laughs> i i know that you shit on call of duty often but i'll defend call of duty because i and and i'm everyone's going to be mad at me right now because the counter strike people i think that call of duty is, is counter strike of this generation um, cs More was the big it was the big game everybody played. It was the big first-person shooter and It was tactical. And when I play uh, Call of Duty, I play the, the bomb diffuse mode, search and destroy. So I play the counter-strike mode. And I play hardcore, so I'm playing counter-strike mode. You know, one or two shots is going to kill you, headshots kill you. I don't play arcade, dolphin dive, perks, and all the silly shit uh, that Call of Duty has to offer. So I love my Call of Duty experience. I can't get that anywhere else. But I am not going to buy a Call of Duty every year. I'm not going to buy any game every single year. Not Madden, not FIFA, none of that shit. And I like sports games. I'll just play one once a decade.
0: I like Call of Duty. I'll play one once a decade. Yeah, you don't need... Yeah, I'll play one once a decade as well. I will not buy Call of Duty, Call of Duty Black Ops, Call of Duty, Call of Duty Black Ops. I will not do that. And whatever the fuck Call of Duty Vanguard is, isn't
1: getting bought either. Yeah. That's it for me for games.
2: No, I'm actually, so just for my two cents, because I'm with you on Call of Duty. I, I actually like the Call of Duty games. I don't buy every entry. I buy them every, every few years, and I have um, some friends. I usually actually get it on PS5. I have some friends that I play PlayStation with, and they like playing Call of Duty, so I'll, every now and then I'll buy one of them and, and play it with them. So I've actually been playing, uh, what's the current one, Call of Duty Cold War uh, with them, and I actually I actually really like it. It's It's fun. I mean, call of duty say what you want about it but like the first person shooting controls and everything just feel perfect on it they kind of revolutionized like everything has kind of adapted to what call of duty was doing with their controls they're vaulting not is
1: cool they got prone to go slide you can shoot through light cover their weapon upgrades that let you totally customize your kits and your colors you can swap out so you have fast reloads or longer mags or stable or lasers. It's, yeah, the game's dope, man. It's it's everything we we wanted as a, from a first person shooter.
2: I, I like playing it with friends. I'll rarely play it by myself, so I never invest enough to get really good at it. Which I think is the thing that frustrates me with it. Is like I'm not very good, but I yeah. also realize I don't put in the time to get good at it. So that you know, but th- that's fine. I still like playing. I still have fun.
0: See, I always. I've always been Battlefield. Battlefield's my shooter franchise. That's what I want. They put one out every several years, like three to five, you know, and they it shows. They have quality games. They have a uh, much grander, like, tactical combat where it's not just, you know, Twitch shooting, uh, Twitch gaming kind of stuff. Um, also, I mean, Call of Duty, there's a lot have they revolutionized first-person shooters maybe uh, i mean they the controls everyone does try to copy their controls and the i want game to say plan.
2: they've revolutionized first-person shooters necessarily but i do think because of how they blew up in popularity and they became like the number That's one standard yeah you're not year. wrong that like, like even games like how we grew up playing halo or at least gary and i sure did yeah. johan i think you've said that you didn't play it I, as much not as much i did play it growing up often but I never owned it but like we grew up playing Halo and you know it seemed like games were going to copy that and then Call of Duty came along and did their thing and now even Halo has somewhat adapted to yeah. things that Call of Duty's been I, doing
1: I would rather play Call of Duty than play Halo I like the Interesting. I like when I like the Call of Duty jump grab you know when you can mantle ledges I like taking cover with B behind something and shooting instead of left clicking the thumbstick like in Halo where you know shooting and running are such a pain in the ass to do one or the other yeah. uh, Call of duty I think is it's a more pleasant shooting experience I do, for me.
0: I do like black ops I do like zombies uh, for obvious reasons I I have a problem I understand just because it has zombies in it doesn't make it good. But I'll also argue that it does. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, tell that to my friend Jahan. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll also argue that it absolutely does. Uh, just make somebody walk funny and have blood come out of their face, and it makes it better. That's just it. <laughs> just they don't. I don't care. I have I have bad taste. I don't know what to say.
1: Um, in my in my mind's eye, I, I saw somebody trip and fall down and then they got up with blood coming out of their face, and then you were laughing about it because they were walking <laughs> funny with blood
0: out of yes. their face. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like zombies, I like black ops. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, that coupled... Uh, the All the issues and repetitiveness of Call of Duty releases coupled with their very toxic uh, fan base, um, they do attract a specific frat boy enus. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, shooters just do in general, but Call of Duty seems to be more guilty of that. Uh, And it's just, I don't know, I I would rather play Battlefield. If you like Call of Duty, that's fine. Uh, And I might even play it with, you know, my friends if I had a group to play with. Uh, It could be something I uh, enjoy. But Battlefield is just by and far much more fun to my tastes. I like them both. And I'll you have can. one. That's, That's a valid ass opinion right there. I'll have one scoop
1: of Battlefield and one scoop of Call of Duty, please.
2: Um, let's see. I, I will, I'll switch gears real quick and just talk about another game. I won't linger on this too long. But I did get uh, Diablo 2 resurrected, so this is the. Um... I don't think you can really call call it a remake. It's more of kind of a remaster of of Diablo 2, which I'm was a huge fan of back in the day and it's sunk serious. a lot of hours into Diablo 2. Um so I so I, I was hesitant. I almost didn't buy this, but the, you know, I was thinking I wasn't going to and then it came out and it was on the shop and I and I don't know what happened. I clicked purchase and then it was downloading. So, you know, things happen. <laughs> things happen. Um I was I was just interested to dive in. And, uh, you know, Gary talked last week about Lemnus Gate and just matchmaking issues in, when games launch. And sure enough, when I first queued up Diablo 2, the first time I tried to load a game, it failed. And I had to I had to dashboard out, restart the game, and then it worked. And then I had times where I was playing as my character in the middle of a quest, and it would say that, my, that it disconnected or something happened. And then you would lose progress or something or or it would show me that i lost progress and i'd quit out the game and when i logged back in later it had kept, kept my progress they were just having major server issues there were reports of people on pc or on console that even made offline characters that then they got disconnected and their character <laughs> got deleted somehow right. that or just, and then it would reappear later or something so they were having issues of that their own as everybody, everybody seems to do
0: it just feeds back into what we were talking about earlier. Uh, it might have even been last week. But just get your game good, son. Like, before <laughs> you put it in my hands. Like, stop releasing shit with the networking and the matchmaking. Blizzard, doesn't fucking work. Blizzard is.
1: Uh, oh. Is it a billion
0: uh, dollar company at this point, right? Let me talk right? uh, shit
1: about it? Let me talk shit about Blizzard. Hey, Blizzard so these guys, Blizzard, but... these guys settled their California lawsuit uh, yeah. that they had, and they had to pay like eighteen million, which is like a what fucking a fraction of what they made on the new Diablo re-release of a twenty-year-old remastered game. So they just get to treat people like shit and then use their <laughs> pocket change from old games to pay people yeah. off. Man, fuck this game, Drew, and fuck you, for <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair, honestly. I was gonna say, I don't want to get too much into the politics of, of Blizzard and every like you know understandable you, understand, anger that man. gamers have towards them, like, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, I made the decision to buy this right. out of nostalgia, um, nah. which unfortunately, hey man, I want to buy it too. Supports them, but, um, but that being said, I just wanted to talk about some of those networking issues. That being said, once I, I played it, you know, a day or so later, when it seemed like some of those day one <laughs> issues were gone, and I was able to play for a length of time and, and not have issues. I beat. I haven't played a ton, but I, I beat Act One. It definitely was uh, scratching that nostalgia itch that I wanted from it. And um, there's a part of me now that's like, I beat Act One and I'm like, do i even want to play through the rest of it now like i feel like i just needed that little taste of it again to be like ah diablo 2 i want i want to touch
0: it too man uh like i and i only play necromancer
2: i i i actually my character's a
0: necromancer that's all i do i I do necromancer i love necromancer Drew,
2: drew did you bring back any of your great character names that you used to have my necromancer uh, is named Drunomancer.
0: <laughs> I was always a uh, necro king. That was the always reason, my name.
2: The reason this happened is because the first time the first Diablo 2 character I ever made was a druid. And my name is Drew. So I named him Druid. The <laughs> W-I-D. Nah, that's I'm fine. Ever like that. And then every time <laughs> I made a character after that... I just did the same model. So I had Drew and Drew Sassin and Drew That's how I named my Diablo characters.
0: I, I've always been a huge fan of that. That's really funny. Uh yeah, no, Necro King was always my it was my name in other games too. That just became my name when I played online was Necro King for like a long time when I was a kid. Uh, so, yeah, fond memories of Diablo as well. And by fond memories, I mean being alone in a room and very, very sad. For, like, a lot of the time. But, fond hey. Fond memories, indeed. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, is that me now? Am I? Am I It's new. You? Alrighty. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, it's not new, but it just came out on Game Pass, and I've been waiting because I'm poor. Uh, but I've... <laughs> I loved Subnautica. Uh, It is also free on Game Pass today. Like, it's still free on Game Pass. Subnautica Below Zero dropped on Game Pass. I held out. I got it for free. I'm so, I'm having, I can't stop playing it. It's so fun. They added uh, overland cold places that you have to, like, not freeze to death on. Uh, Land vehicles, which they didn't have previously because there wasn't that much land.
2: Is it is Subnautica a survival? It is a survival game?
0: game. Yes, it is a survival. You can build your base. You build supplies. You go gather stuff. Uh, so much fun. It, I'm so I am terrified of like the ocean and water. So this game is terrifying for me. But I I, I don't know. I like playing it. It's so scary, but like in a good way. Uh, I feel like this one isn't quite as scary as the first one. The first one. I almost died in real life when I got grabbed by a, a Leviathan for the first time. Like, I seriously almost died in real life. Uh, this game, I, I kind of, I'm a little better, you know, I, I maybe I've grown up. I don't know, but this game is fire, man. Can't suggest it enough. Uh, and then, yeah, there's also another one. Uh, if you like that but you don't want to go into the water there's breath's edge which is also free on game pass which i played a bit Mm, Uh, and it's in space space. yeah and that one has a lot more humor uh like you can make uh the booster by eating shawarma and like you know it's fart powered so like you know it has that kind of stuff but also you have an immortal chicken with you yeah an immortal chicken with you the way you can diffuse
1: a lot of stuff is like the chickens (laughs) on a broomstick and you just jam the chicken into the thing and it diffuses the problem.
0: It has, it has a pretty cool story. Uh, you know, it's fun. You, you were on a ship that's transporting like coffins across, uh, you know, interstellar space. You work for like a funerary company. Uh, it's good times, but I enjoy these kinds of survival games. Uh, sometimes I don't always like it. Sometimes it's annoying and tedious. I feel like subnautica. It's actually really fun. Uh, and Breast Edge as well was also very fun for me. Uh, and yeah, so the other thing is, so very quickly right here before we, end, I would like to, uh, show you guys some cool upcoming, um, what do you call it? Crowdfunding stuff. Crowdfunding stuff. Yes. There you go. Dims are words. Thems is words.
2: Wish we had like there a little song or ditty to play for Jahan's crowdfunding. Crowdfunding
0: stuff. Hey, look who's coming. It's Jahan. He's got some crowdfunding going on. Crowdfunding <laughs> corral. Whoops.
2: <laughs> we need no! that with some, with some music thrown under it. If somebody would just. If somebody
0: can take that little sound sound bite
2: some some music we're, we're good <laughs>
0: if you go into kickstarter tonight you're in for a big <laughs> all right so uh the first thing i'm gonna highlight is something from a friend of the show alan Barr. he has Mecha and monsters evolved the role-playing game it's live now on kickstarter uh at the time of this airing it is going to have like three days left i think so jump on it. Uh, it is a, a minimalist TTRPG rules light kind of thing uh, where you get to play as mechs and monsters. So if that's ever been your dream, uh, check it out. Uh, the price of admission is not very high, so you know you can get something here for relatively cheap. Um, an interesting board game coming out. Keep the heroes out. Uh, it seems to be an asymmetric uh, game for three to four players uh 45 minutes uh it's got some cutesy kind of artwork uh looks fun for sure it looks like you're you're playing as the monsters in a dungeon trying to protect it from adventurers um and it just looks like a good time this one caught my eye because of the artwork uh 50 dollars gets you the whole game um and then here's here's a very cool looking game voidfall love the artwork uh, I love the ship miniatures, the spaceships. Uh they look so cool. And then the board itself is beautiful. Uh they have almost raised a million dollars. They have sixty eight hundred backers. And they have fifteen oh. days to go, uh, as of this airing. Uh here's a little bit here's like a picture of what it looks like. Uh it has a module game board, it has uh these like individual player boards that look really nice. Uh beautiful you components. Say this
1: A Hex game or a
0: 4X game? This is a 4X game, yeah. Okay. This is a 4X game with a Euro spin. Uh, And so it has some of that, you know, play on your own kind of stuff, uh, not direct competition all the time kind of thing. Uh, And it has scenarios. So that looks like a lot of fun. Something I am tempted to buy. Uh, And there's also cooperative mode.
1: Hey, this, I'm looking at this. This, this game, game looks like it's not for the hobbyist. It looks like it is a big game for a big boy. Yeah, the
0: void, the void fall uh, game is a big game for a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it definitely, it's heavy. Uh, I doubt it's too. I mean, it's probably a little complicated, but I like that. This yes, game, you
2: I actually think
0: player. I'm going to back, uh, Beast. Uh, This one, I'm going to give, like, my seal of, like, hey, this looks dope. 25 days to go, raised almost $200,000 with 2,800 backers. Uh, Beast. It is an asymmetric 4v1 uh, game, so it can, well, I mean, it can be 1v1, it can be 2v1, but it can go all the way up to, I guess, 3v1. Sorry, I misspoke. Uh, 30 minutes per player. It's not that bad. It's a hidden movement game. Gary, you played one of these with me, uh, the Friday the
1: 13th game. And I'm looking at this game right now, and this looks awesome.
0: Someone plays as a beast, a legendary beast, um, and they move around the board in secret. Uh, Obviously, if you ever play a secret movement game, uh, you do it off on a little sheet of paper. If you haven't, it's pretty fun. Uh, I've never done it except once, and it was awesome. I might get this game. Everyone else is trying to hunt them. Uh, And you have cards, you have all kinds of stuff, the game board, the artwork, everything looks beautiful. Uh, And I believe this is also going to be $60, get you done. Uh, And (laughs) it just looks a lot of fun, you know? Uh, And Gary, Gary's all about it, huh? Yes, it's co-op, so I'm in. It's
1: asymmetrical, so I like that. Um, The Friday the 13th game drew the, the hidden movement was... Jahan was Jason, and so he would write down on a piece of paper his turn where he moved, and the rest of us had to, like, get keys to unlock, like, the red key unlocked, the red cabin, yellow key, yellow cabins. There's four different cabins, and once we got in the cabins, he could, like, tear them down, rip through the walls, and hunt after us, but he couldn't do that until the next phase. And so the game works... The first phase, he's hunting us. The second phase, we're chasing him. Then the third phase, he can rip down cabins and come after us and kill us.
0: It's funny. After we played that game on our stream, it actually had a resurgence and a re-release. Not because of us, uh, I don't think. But uh, I think they just had a uh, a Kickstarter as well last Friday is what it's called. Uh, There's
2: actually a Friday the 13th video game it yes. kind of follows that same format but in video game form <laughs> one game. player plays as as Jason the other play as campers trying to get keys gasoline whatever to get the car started or boats or whatever to escape and meanwhile Jason has ways of, of tracking them and the goal is either escape or Jason if you're Jason to kill the kids before before they can escape
1: These it's types funny. of games are super fun and especially at Halloween, uh, a, a game themed this way with a guy who really knows how to play board games versus some people who are more casual, uh, this could be a really fun night. I, I I recommend these types of games.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely very very cool. Uh, and then here's another game that uh it it it's a sequel more or less. Uh, one Deck Dungeon is the original. This one's called One Deck Galaxy, and it's a sci-fi twist on a classic. Uh, you literally use one deck of cards. Uh, that have all different monsters and happenings on them. And you and your friends cooperatively go through, and you can level up. You assign dice to fight monsters and complete challenges. It's very fun. It's a classic. Everybody loves it. One Deck Galaxy is out now on Kickstarter as well. Uh, And then the final thing I want to talk about, uh, Tales from the Red Dragon Inn. So the Red Dragon Inn is a game where uh, your characters are... (laughs) Uh, competing in essentially a drinking contest, more or less. Um, You're trying not to get too drunk while also not going broke. uh, Something like that. And it's been a while, but it's a classic game in the hobby. Uh, And this one, you get to leave the bar and go out on an adventure. Uh, And that sounds like a whole thing. It sounds very cool. One to four player co-op game. uh, Already fully funded. Uh, 25 days to go on that. Uh, And that's pretty much it that I have on my uh, kick my my crowdfunding corral Uh, I did have a question since it is we are now in the month of October something I wanted to ask you guys earlier Uh, (laughs) what is your uh, go to like horror franchise like what are you guys you guys doing the Halloween you doing the uh, the Jason the Friday the 13th what are you guys doing Freddy Krueger Hellraiser, well you know stuff
2: i've been doing my carpenter watch through but and even regardless of that i'm a big fan of of halloween i love the the original i really like the <laughs> yeah. sequel from a few years ago i'm really excited um actually the time this episode comes out next week will be the the newest halloween movie halloween kills so i'm looking forward yes. to that
0: Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis reprising once again Coming through Uh, And I yeah, I like the one a few years ago I saw that one in theaters Uh, You're talking about the one with like Where like she's older and she lives in the woods Yeah, it's
2: basically a direct sequel to the original And kind of
0: Yeah, they continue the original trilogy trilogy. And that was awesome Yeah, I love Halloween is also my pick uh, When it comes to classic slasher I mean, (laughs) when it comes right down to it I'm gonna watch, you know Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead uh, a lot uh, during during uh, Halloween. That's what I'm gonna watch. But I probably I'm also gonna watch the Halloween series.
1: Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm a, if I'm going slasher, I'm a Jason guy. Jason Voorhees for days. Uh, I think the mach, the machete and, and and the the hockey mask are iconic, uh, and <laughs> I'll never forget the one of the Jason movies. I guess the one that came out close to 2010. The scene where he stabs the machete up through the dock into the girl's head and then brings it back down. Her head stands (laughs) on the dock. And then just a few scenes later, there's a topless chick on a boat skiing and then she gets shot through the heart with an arrow and it just like cuts to Jason standing on the bank (laughs) with a bow. He just puts it like a fucking compound bow with like the wheels and pulleys and everything. And he just slowly sets it down like no big deal. Uh, jasons he's something else, man. That's a great slasher.
0: Uh, um, and, and if uh, if true horror isn't your thing, you might want to consider watching Tucker and Dale versus I was, Evil.
1: That's what I was gonna say. So true horror is not I know my that's thing. What say. Uh, so I was thinking maybe this year I might try to dig up Scary Movie three. <laughs> is that the one with the iPod? He, it, it's it's the Far. one with it's the one with the sheriff whose hat keeps getting bigger every time the camera cuts to her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. That's a funny bit.
1: Yes, and then her hat's too big to fit in the car. It's And so that that particular bit always struck me as being great when I was a
0: kid. Uh, maybe I'll try to dig that gem up. Uh, But, yeah, did we cover all of our topics this week? Yeah, man. We did. More. We did. Damn. We're, this
2: is it. It's a wrap. That's episode 14 in the but can. I'm
1: going to miss you guys. Anyone want to have anything that they want to say on the, you know, to everybody before we see them again? Happy
2: Halloween! But it's not <laughs> we're we're gonna have episodes before Halloween, so we are, we are. So that you can count but, on it. And I mean, look, you can still
1: say it. Look, I just wanted to say I'll say my part, Johanna, and then you let me know if you want to say anything. I just wanted to say that we're here every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central playing tabletop role-playing games and board games. That's uh, twitch.tv backslash And you can find us at Fresh Out the Box on Facebook and Twitch and Twitter and, well, not Twitch, everywhere else, though. You find us, Fresh Out the Box, playing games and doing things. What you got, Jahan?
0: <laughs> I'm Jahananan, uh, at Jahananan1 on TikTok, and at RockFact on Twitter. Uh, I am a board game enthusiast. You can go check my links, follow me on Instagram, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, I'm an enthusiast, a lot
1: of, enthusiast. Yeah.
0: enthusiast. Yeah, I'm a board game fanatic and TTRPG uh, savant? I don't know. I that like, sounds I like... I'm just an enthusiast
1: enthusiast, Jahan. I just like people who like things.
0: There you go. Uh, Yeah, I'm enthused about enthusiasts as well, friend. Mm -hmm. Drew, do you like people who like things?
2: Do. People can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, um, at Drew Munhausen on Letterboxd. If you want to follow what I've been watching recently, would have been logging, because I log everything on there. that's cool. Um, And at Drew's Blues on TikTok. And, of course, make sure to follow that Fresh Out the Box Twitter account
0: as well. Do we have a hashtag this week, guys? You think of one. Hashtag. Hashtag. Hmm. <laughs> hashtag tit lasso sucks. Hashtag Spider-Man butts. <laughs> hashtag Spider-Man wrist butt. Oh, uh, what, hit what, us wait, with that.
1: What's what's his name? What's the, 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 the Tom?
0: Tom Hall Tom Holland butt blast. Hashtag Tom, Hashtag Holland, Holland, butt blast. Tom there it is. Holland butt blast. There we <laughs> go. Uh, sh- from, from our lips to God's ears. Everybody, have yourself a great evening. Uh, thank you for watching. And we've been fresh out the box.